This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am. I'm doing really well. And um, I was writing our intro for our guest today, and I noticed something that I didn't even talk to him about, so I'm anxious to talk to him about. He um, not only is B Corps certified, but they are 1% for the planet. Yeah. You know what that is, right? Yeah. I don't know a ton about it, but I know certainly a little bit, just that that, um, these are companies that pledge 1%. And they're really around environmental issues, I believe. Is yeah, that right? I, yeah, I think so. I can't wait to ask uh, Kevin about it. Yeah, I know Patagonia, and I think Honest Tea. I think those oh, are a okay. couple of the companies that would that, make sense. Yeah, that do that. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, our guest today is a first for us. Um, because we haven't had anyone from a B Corps certified law firm on no, the show yet. we haven't. And I'm, I'm excited because Kevin, Kevin Christopher, who started Rockbridge Venture Law Firm in Tennessee, is a delight. And I think our listeners will really enjoy hearing how his background and career evolved and took him on a, a winding path to where he is today. It's not a completely unusual story. I mean, we often hear on the show how people want to make an impact with the work they do or are running their business with the focus on the triple bottom line. But Kevin has traveled around the world and dipped his toes in many areas of expertise along the way. And all of that has culminated in Rockbridge Venture Law, one of four B Corps certified companies in the state of Tennessee. And I know that his area code had was 415 San Francisco, but he's got a story about his time in San Francisco that he'll share with us. The law firm's clients range from biotechs with significant IP assets to classic two coders in a dream. They help both individuals and companies at various stages protect, assert, and monetize their intellectual property. So in, inventions, slogans, back-of-napkin books, and songs, you name it. And for their corporate clients, they act as outside general counsel, offering the gamut of regulatory, securities, and transactional services on a first name, text if you like, no hiding behind secretary's basis. And I took that company description straight from their website. (laughs) And as you can see, even their copy on the website is a transparent and open, you know, way of delivering. Um, I can imagine that their client relationships are fun and engaging. And if I ever need an IP attorney, you can bet I'm going to reach out to Rockbridge Venture Law. I mean, right? Right. (laughs) I know. So let's welcome Kevin to the show. Hi, Kevin. Hi, thank you so much. That was such a complimentary introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I meant it that you were a delight. I loved hearing about um, kind of how you, you know, winded your way through life and ended up uh, in Tennessee. So um, Kathy couldn't join us for our conversation. So um, I think she'd love to hear it, but I'd also love for our listeners to hear hear, hear that path you took. Sure, sure. So um, basically, I uh, I grew up in a single mom household. Um, my my mother was an immigrant, and uh, uh, she moved over, and and so she didn't have a, a high school degree, and and so 
uh, we grew up in some pretty poor neighborhoods, uh, and that meant uh, being exposed to some some pretty poor influences. Uh, but fortunately for me, I had some uh, some fantastic mentors mm-hmm. uh, who stepped into my life uh, in in you know various um, uh, in various ways and through various institutions, uh, and it really helped to steer me onto uh, onto a path where I where I had a vision and I and I had goals and and I was able to to chase those. Uh, and so after uh, after graduating from college, uh, I went abroad and I lived in central China, um, and that's where I developed uh, uh, a real um, earnestness to want to pursue environmental justice. Mm. Uh, this was uh, 10, uh, 10 plus years ago, central China was super, super polluted, uh, and, uh, and so there weren't many environmental protections, and you saw people who were exposed to some, um, some pretty poor uh, and, um, and, and polluted conditions. And so, uh, so I really just you know, was inspired to uh, do something impactful in that way uh, to try and give back since so many had, had invested in me. Um, to, 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 to graduate from college, to you know, avoid um, uh, the streets, and uh, and so I really wanted to do something um, that uh, that I felt was impactful with my life. Uh, and so, um, so after spending some time in China, I worked for AmeriCorps with Habitat for yeah. Humanity, um, building houses, uh, and then I went to law school. And so, um, a couple months after enrolling. Uh, in law school, this this thing called the recession happened, <laughs> and so um, all those nonprofits uh, that I, that I was really interested in in working for those uh, those land trusts, those uh, environmental justice nonprofits, um, the 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 budgets were were pretty much scraped, and so um, so there there weren't any jobs, there there weren't even really any internships, uh, and so that was when I kind of had my my first pivot uh, and uh, and started to. Um, track uh, a renewable energy policy, and then being in San Francisco, I had some really neat opportunities to to get involved with uh, uh, startups uh, and, and energy technology startups and uh, biotech startups, and that's sort of how I began uh, a career in uh, technology law. Going from there, uh, I uh, I eventually moved uh, back to Tennessee. Uh, and uh, and started this uh, this law practice uh, and with a career in in, in biotech and technology commercialization um, I, I knew that uh, uh, I wanted to uh, wanted to kind of start this uh, technology practice uh, and I wanted it to be a B Corp uh, law practice because uh, in having an opportunity to to sort of run and operate my own business um, I wanted it to uh, have the the sort of foundational principles um, and sort of a missional aspect to it uh, that really reflected you know why I went to law school in the first place. And so uh, so as soon as I opened the practice, I, I applied and spent a year as attending B Corp and then became a B Corp and um, and now we've been growing as a B Corp uh, with that framework guiding uh, everything from. Um, are the nonprofits we partner with in the community to uh, to the types of people that we hire? Yeah, so that's so interesting. So, how did you initially find out about B Corp? So, uh, in in law school, I worked on some uh, corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. um, uh, papers. I I, uh, I helped um, with uh, um, the production of a book called The Hip Investor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this was a gentleman named Paul Herman uh, in San Francisco, and he worked with a lot of 
um, large international companies on developing sustainability plans. And so I learned a lot about corporate social responsibility uh, in that work and in different projects um, and, uh, uh, and then in, in different research groups uh, after graduating. I was in this and that research group. And, and so, um, so I knew something about corporate social responsibility, uh, and then I eventually learned about um, the B Corp uh, and the growth of that and, and uh, the great framework that it provides for, uh, for organizing and running a business. Sure. So does, that, does the B Corp certification, is that something that you feel that resonates with your clients? Uh, well, it's an interesting question. Um, in Tennessee, we only have four B Corps right yeah. now. Um, there's not a lot of uh, recognition mm-hmm. of what that is among potential uh, Tennessee clients. Right. And so it, it tends to be more education um, than, uh, than, than really sort of uh, you know, marketing that B Corp or, or brand recognition. Uh, we, but we, we have a, a, a great group uh, of the four of us and then others who, um, who want to help out. And so uh, back in the fall, uh, Patagonia actually opened its Nashville retail store um, to allow us, us B Corps to come in and have kind of a, a, a little uh, powwow. And um, it was a big social event. We had some music. Of course, being in Nashville, we had music and we had some drinks and food and had a panel on, on what B Corps and benefit corporations are. And, um, and this week we'll be launching uh, a website uh, around uh, btennessee.org. So it's basically our, our B local group. Oh, that's cool. uh, and so, um, so with those efforts, I think, you know, we'll, we'll start to get a little bit more um, traction and interest into what this is. But, but we've really you know, had, had a lot of people. We have B Georgia, who's been uh, really engaged in helping us out. And NC State has a, uh, um, has a B Corp uh, clinic within its sustainability school. So we've got lots of help and encouragement from others around here. You're very mindful with the work, your workplace culture. And you had told me that um, it really helps with your recruiting. I'm just wondering what kinds of things you do that are, you know, highly desired by the people that either want to work there or do work there. um, And that maybe you lead with when you're recruiting people. So I think one of the things that, that really resonates um, particularly within the legal industry is just transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, um, some very uh, untransparent, I'm not even sure if that's word, uh, <laughs> uh, opaque <laughs> in the practice of law um, that, uh, you know, both both from the business to the client um, and then even within the business itself, uh, you know, knowing how does this business run exactly? How do I um, advance? within this firm. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so by having a culture of transparency, um, I think that's really attractive. Uh, by um, uh, you know, valuing things like uh, pro bono work and, and uh, community service and um, advancement opportunities, uh, providing our, our, our young attorneys in particular um, opportunities to, um, to advance and um, uh, get certifications, and, and uh, I mentioned the other day, this, this makes them more desirable uh, in the marketplace. And you know, sometimes there's a fear that if you encourage that, you, you're just gonna you're just gonna lose your your employees. But um, I see it differently, um, and I feel like when you encourage them and show that you champion um, things they can they care about, both in professional development and um, just in terms of, of engagement, then uh, then they'll um, respond. 
uh, with uh, with enthusiasm and and great work. And um, so these are just some of the things uh, that uh, that we try and implement and 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 hold on to uh, within our uh, workplace culture. How does one percent for the planet work? I mentioned that in when I was introducing you, and I. I'm familiar with what it is, but I am not really, you know, familiar with exactly how you report that and how, how just how does that work? I, I don't know who to give the credit to, but um, <laughs> someone once summed it up as uh, B Corp is, you know, really kind of about how you make your money and 1% is how you spend your money. Oh, um, I love and, that. And so, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's concise and nice. It doesn't. It's not the whole story, but um, but one percent is basically uh, an organization um, where you, you're certifying uh, and there's there's auditing and validation that that you give one percent of your um, gross revenue towards uh, environmental nonprofit. And so so that's that's what we what we do. Part of uh, our nonprofit giving is. Uh, to both uh, social impact nonprofits and to environmental nonprofits, and so we 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 value both organizations. And since we qualify for both, we just we just like to be part of both. Do do you um, get to choose where the one percent goes, or does it go to the organization and then they disperse it? Yeah, you get to choose. So they have uh, within their network on their website, you can see the uh, official. One uh, percent for the planet nonprofits uh, who qualify uh, as, uh, as as nonprofits, which which you can give to to be certified. Uh, and then if there's if if there's a nonprofit on there that you uh, already have a relationship with or think should be part of one percent, you can nominate them um, to be part of uh, part of the one percent uh, nonprofit um, campaign or, um, or or collective. And so we have. Uh, a few different nonprofits that uh, that are one um, percent for the planet nonprofits, and we actually um, advocated for one to become uh, a one percent nonprofit. So uh, this this ranges from uh, nonprofits where we have uh, river cleanups, partnerships with nonprofits, and and we've adopted portions of river, and we organize people to go out and you know have kind of a kayaking army of cleaning up the river. Um, to uh, uh, advocacy organizations in, in rock climbing, uh, uh, to uh, sustainability organizations. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what One Percent for the Planet is all about. And and I actually have a really exciting uh, quick story about that. Uh, last year, I attended the One Percent for the Planet annual conference, and I saw on the agenda that uh, Yvonne Schuinard, uh founder of Patagonia, was gonna was gonna be giving the keynote. And so. Um, I have this old Chouinard ice axe. It was sort of the precursor to Patagonia. It was the <laughs> company that he founded kind of out of his van while he was living out in Yosemite. And, uh, um, and so it's really, it really important to me because uh, 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 rock climbing, um, outdoor sports is, is one of the things that coming from kind of a bad inner city background was one of the things that um, I identified with as, as sort of a productive uh, outlet in life. And so uh, I had this old ice axe, and so I, I carry the ice axe out out to Portland um, for <laughs> for this conference, and I and I threw it in my backpack and came to the conference with this ice axe um, uh, for him to sign, and and he did, <laughs> and uh, oh, that's cool. So it was a little uh, you know token takeaway from that conference. I love that story. It's so funny how something can be so meaningful that it guides you know your 
you know, some part of a career choice or a, you know, business development or whatever. That's that's really cool. Did you get to talk to him and tell him the whole story about um, what you just shared with us? I told him a little bit. He looked at me like I was kind of crazy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's great. How did you guys in Tennessee, as part of the B Tennessee movement, how did how did you make that connection with Patagonia so that they were kind of helping you? That's that's interesting to me. Yeah, um, I hate to not be able to give credit where it's due, um, but I can't exactly remember. Yeah. Uh, how we first connected with Patagonia um, and, and how that led to them um, offering to, to host us at their store and, you know, provide one of their, um, you know, senior staff to come and talk about it. And, uh, and, but it was really great that they did. And so, um, so I'm, I'm really happy with, with how they've, how they've championed that. Yeah, that's really cool. Cause I think it would be really neat to have like a sort of a mentorship program with some of the B Corps, you know, mm-hmm. partnering up and kind of learning from one another. That's one of, I think the beauties of well, what we think of is as this podcast is that we get to learn so much from so many different people. So do you know how you, the B Tennessee movement was able to get the attention of Patagonia and kind of the support of them for your efforts? Uh, I'm not really sure exactly how we went about doing that. I, I do know that Patagonia is a is a very um, giving and helpful company, and and one of the Tennessee B Corps, Nisolo, based out of Nashville, uh, their sustainability director, who's actually based in California, um, has gone numerous times to the Patagonia campus to just ask them for advice on on different things and. And, and they've plugged them in with people. So it, it could be that, that that was the connection point, um, but, but I'm not exactly sure um, wh- how that, uh, um, you know, how they became the champion of what we were doing. Sure. Yeah, I think that would be such a great model for, for B-Lab to have uh, kind of a mentoring component of, mm-hmm. you know, their membership because mm-hmm. there's so much, I think, that um, the organizations can learn from one another. So that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that they were doing that. I think they are so aspirational and big. It's really neat to see that they're, you know, helping out as they can, um, even with smaller initiatives. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Kevin, we ask our uh, guests if they could give advice to someone. And f- from um, from me, I find talking with you interesting because you're a professional services company like myself and I think that it's it's a little harder to be B Corp certified as a professional services company because we can't necessarily create a you know an, a sustainable product or um, so I am wondering if you could share some advice uh, to someone in a professional services organization who wants to create a either more engaging um, corporate social responsibility program or just really start to pull one together? Sure. And, and, and first, just to address your point, I think it's a really good point. And, and it is something that uh, I, I have, uh, I've provided that feedback um, to, uh, to B-Lab uh, when I've taken these certification tests, just that, uh, you know, supply chain questions are mm-hmm. hard for us. Uh, we, we use a lot of software um, where, you know, there's not exactly a local vendor option. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say what the supply chain practices are. 
Um, and uh, and I think that they, you know, they're they're constantly trying to respond to all the different companies who are wanting to become B Corps and, and figuring out, you know, what are the right questions for, you know, these kinds of business models. And I think I think they're doing a pretty good job with that. Um, uh, with respect to a uh, service organization, how they can, um, you know, think about uh, becoming a B Corp and and uh, you know, how they run their business and, and what fits and what doesn't. Um, uh, I would say, you know, some of the, some of the big things are, um, wh- what do you care about? Uh, you know, what what are some of your passions and and why you chose to run the business in the first place? Because I think if you are too focused on forcing your business into becoming a B Corp, um, then you're not really going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so for us, um, uh, I think we score well in, in a community because we, we really enjoy that aspect of it. We enjoy you know, our nonprofit partnerships. We enjoy uh, our pro bono work. Um, and, and we enjoy things that score well naturally uh, in, in the community department. And so, you know, if you're a service organization, figure out where you can naturally score well um, and and then think through, you know, what are some of the harder things? I mean, changing your accounting metrics. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to take a little bit of time. And thinking through, you know, what, what you should be prepared to um, devote to that in terms of your time of tracking different things and how you need to be regularly tracking things and models. And soon it'll sort of become second nature, but just understanding that there's you know, there's there's a, a, a process of getting to that point. And so, you know, and, and just trying to contact others. You know, I mean, think any B Corp that I've reached out to, I feel like I can pretty confidently say has been very receptive. And so if there's a service organization, there are two law firms that I that I asked um, questions and, and asked for advice. One was a Bend Law Group in San Francisco, and another was Forest Firm in North Carolina. Uh, they were already B Corp certified, and, and um, so I reached out to them uh, and, and said, "Hey, you've done this. I I, I want to do this too. You know, thank you for doing it." And uh, and they've both been very helpful. So I would say, you know, look around and and don't be afraid to look somebody up and and ask questions about it. Well, Kevin, can you um, let our r- listeners know how they can learn more about you and Rock Rockridge? Sure. Yeah, that's uh, uh, our website's a good spot, RockridgeLaw.com, uh, and uh, we're um, uh, we're refreshing it, and, and we have some video content, and uh, we have some different ways that you can learn about um, both the the legal things that we do. Um, uh, we regularly provide content in terms of you know what's happening and the trademark space or the technology space or the patent space or, or whatever it may be. And then we also some produce some things uh, around corporate social responsibility. Awesome. All right. So now, Kathy, you can take that song you have written on the back of that napkin and... Right. And give it to Kevin and he'll <laughs> exactly. help me out. That's great. It's probably going to be something hey, I, genius. I, I, I love the stories. I mean, you hear them around Nashville quite frequently about, uh, you know, I would where, imagine. where a song came from. Yeah. I bet. So That's really cool. Those are great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Kevin. Thank, thank you very much. Have a great week. It's time for our Taking Care and Community segment. Yes, and big thank you to our community um, sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis, who underwrites this segment of our program. I love it. I, I, I know, and I also love it 
um, especially when a person nominates another person right. that is just a, you know, a, a server. Out, yeah. yeah. And so um, we were uh, given the name Elizabeth Kinder from a woman named Lindsay McGuire. And I'm just going to read what Lindsay wrote because it's really sweet. She says, Elizabeth lives, breathes, and probably dreams community service. (laughs) Every day she helps manage a $1 million plus community relations budget for CNO Financial Group, assisting her company in finding ways to give back through donation duties, volunteer opportunities, volunteer events, and more. She also serves as the VP of Community for the Junior League of Indianapolis where she leads five community-focused committees and helps them make the largest impact possible. Her work is beneficial to so many, not to mention that she does extensive community service and fundraising on her own. She's a superwoman. She sure sure sounds like one. She does sound like one. (laughs) Let's give a big thank you to our sound engineer, Matt Sosi. And our Taking Care and Community sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for a future episode, you can visit our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get our podcasts. If you love Taking Care in Business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review or share this episode on your social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can also email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take take care care in in business. business.